The History Man with Terry Kringle. Hello. When the Glen Strathallan first sailed into Douglas Harbour in 1928, she created a huge sensation in what was to be her home port. She was a remarkable craft owned by a remarkable man, and she was to meet a remarkable end. But first, let us consider the man who had her built for his pleasure. The then 26-year-old Colby Cobbin, that's Cobbin with an iron, was one of the few very rich men living in the Isle of Man at the time. He had inherited his fortune from his father, who was, for all his Manx surname, a property magnate in Liverpool, and Colby himself lived with his widowed mother Ellen in a mansion called Strathallan Cliff on Strathallan Road in Onken, overlooking Douglas Bay. Colby had been trained as a marine engineer, and he used his skills in designing what must have been his dream boat. She was steam-driven, 150 feet in length, weighed 350 tons, and she was built at Hull for the then large sum of £20,000. When she first steamed into Douglas Harbour in August 1928, she caused a great sensation among hundreds of onlookers, not only for her beautiful lines, but also for her onboard luxury. She had five staterooms, a dining saloon which could comfortably sit eighteen people, and she even had a garage on deck to house a motor car which could be craned on and off, a luxury item in itself in those days. Her upkeep and the cost of her permanent crew was reported to be £3,000 a year. It was no doubt that she was Colby Cubbins' pride and joy. It should also be mentioned that he was a bachelor, and obviously a very eligible one at that. But the ladies appear to have been given little chance of snaring him. Colby and his mother lived rather reclusive lives at Strathallan Cliff, and they spent much of their time on board the Glen Strathallan in their favourite cruising waters around the Western Isles of Scotland. Mind you, he and his mother were not wholly self-indulgent people. They were generous with their money. In 1934, they publicly presented a badly needed new ambulance to Nobles Hospital. The outbreak of war in 1939 saw the Glen Strathallan requisitioned by the Admiralty for service with the Royal Navy, and by the time she returned to Douglas in 1945, Colby seems to have lost interest in her. His new enthusiasm was amateur radio. He was a radio ham, spending his nights at home listening into the world, and becoming more and more reclusive. And in 1951, still a bachelor, he died at the age of 53. His mother died four years later, leaving well over a million pounds. A lot of this went to charities and to favoured employees, including Glen Strathallan's captain, John Simon. He was still in command of her, even though she remained at her moorings alongside the North Quay for years after the war ended. But her ultimate fate had been sealed by Mrs. Cubbins' will. She was to become a sea training ship in the south of England, and she finally sailed away from Douglas. Mrs. Cubbins' will also provided that when her useful life was finally over, she should be scuttled and sent to the bottom of the sea. This sad event happened with due ceremony in 1969 at a selected position off Portsmouth. 
The wreck was then used for underwater training for sport divers and marine archaeologists. A remarkable vessel, a remarkable man, and a fittingly remarkable end to their story.